This is episode P, Pressures on Relationships with Lauren Peterson. Feeling connected is a basic human need, as vital as air, water, and food. I'm here to talk about bridging the gap between ourselves, our friends and family, life partners, and anyone we come in contact with so we can more fully experience connection. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. Episode 100 will be on February 2nd, just about a month away, so stay tuned for something big. Still don't know what it is, but it'll be good. Today on the podcast, I have my friend Lauren Peterson, and she's one of the first married friends that I had, or I guess I should say one of the first friends I had as a newlywed. She and her husband live next door to my husband and I, and we hung out a lot, had games, were in a dinner group, all those fun things. So I'm excited to share this interview. Okay, I am here with Lauren Peterson. I met Lauren at Utah State when I was going to school there, and I'm excited to have this opportunity to have this conversation with her. How are you, Lauren? Good. How are you, Jen? Thanks for having me. So good. Uh, Do you mind just introducing yourself to my audience? Yeah, you bet. So like Jen said, um, we met at college and I am, I have been a photographer for about four years. I recently kind of retired to just be home with my kids. I'm a mom of two little girls, of a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And yeah, I am a wife to a pilot. I don't know. That's so cool. Yeah. That's good. Yes. So we're going to talk about pressures on relationships, both awesome. external and internal, individually, collectively, all of it. So um yeah from my experience I've seen that pressure starts the moment you're in a relationship or even beforehand to get you into a relationship you know when are you going to get married when are you going to have kids when are you going to have more kids and I know I'm always curious I just kind of have that nature I guess but it seems like there's a fine line between being interested in someone's life and prying and I know everyone's different both with questioning other people or how they respond to questions from others And I've met people that say, yeah, ask me anything and others that don't really talk about their personal life. So how do you feel like you navigate that when you're interacting with people? Yeah, I love these topics, especially because part of what I did as a wedding photographer was helped brides navigate this transition into marriage. And so for me, I feel like that really just comes down to having boundaries and Mm -hmm. boundaries are just what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And I really feel like when you have boundaries that are set, and you respect other people's boundaries, people can say, you know, they can pry, they can ask the questions, and it doesn't really need to rock us because we have a boundary. And we're like, oh, I don't answer questions like that. Mm. It's a boundary I have. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And I've learned more about boundaries recently and learning that it's not really controlling other people. It's what you're going to do in a situation. So I like that distinction too, that, you know, you have those in place regardless of what other people do. Isn't that great that you can still control you? (laughs) Yeah. My therapist talked to me about it like a soccer field, like you have bounds in any sport and out of bounds is what's not going to pass, what's not going to work for you. And so your boundaries are the same. It's just the things that you're not going to do for you. And it has really nothing to do with other people. Yeah. That's so good. I like that analogy. So, um, yeah, these questions are kind of all over the place. It's just kind of whatever came to mind, but, uh, People talk about not bringing work home with them. What has your experience been with how that affects a relationship and if it gets in the way? Totally. 
I think that that's something that, and like most things in a relationship, has to be figured out between you and your partner or your spouse. So honestly, just asking, like, what is your expectation for when I come home from work or for when you come home for work and understanding what it is for your spouse and understanding what your expectation for yourself is, I think is huge because um, we all have different expectations. And so I've read books that are like, do this when your spouse come home, comes home from work. And then I talked to my husband about it and he's like, no, that mm-hmm. would not be meaningful to me. And so I think it's so important to just know what your spouse needs and what you need and then being able to communicate about that yeah and then also just connecting with each other and getting past what happened in the day and really getting connected with how your spouse or partner felt how experience had made them feel dumb or excited or accomplished that really gets into connection rather than just the drama of work and life that's good I love that so much yeah I feel like Whenever my husband comes home, it's like the craziest part of the day for me. It's dinner time. (laughs) It's I've burned out from the day and all those things. And so I feel like I could do a better job of separating that and not always taking it out on my husband because it's been a crazy day. You know, I've always heard that from the flip side that the husband comes home and they've had a crazy day and it kind of takes a toll in the relationship. But I feel like it's coming from me most of the time. My husband has Uh such an even temperament that I feel like that's an area that I could work on. So that's a good point. I love that you bring that up too, because I think that we all have needs, no matter what our role is, you know, as a stay at home mom, I definitely need that space. Like when my husband comes home, he's a pilot. So he's gone for like four days and we've had to come to agreements of like, I get a full day when you're home because I just need that time to reset. And so I think it's important to value your contribution, you know, to the family and the relationship as well, that you have needs that need met also. Yeah, so good. So family members and others, they mean well when they, they're like getting into our lives, they're prone to meddle in how we parent, how we spend our money, how we do anything really, how we're in a relationship together. But what can couples do to respectfully ignore that advice? That's such a tricky thing. And I honestly feel like it comes back to having those boundaries and recognizing the intent, because I think that sometimes our parents genuinely are, or family or whoever it may be, really do love us, have our best intent at heart and want to help. And sometimes they're trying to be manipulative. And so it's really just up to you to be able to discern what is their motive and then set proper boundaries, which is something that we've realized with people that we interact with is we have different, um, our boundary is always the same, but how it applies to other people is different depending mm-hmm. on what their intent is. And I think that sometimes just communicating firmly about your side is really helpful. This is kind of a funny story, but when we were dating, my husband and I, um, we both counseled with our parents and I think that the counsel our parents give and the advice that people give is different depending on how open we are about our view. Mm -hmm. We weren't very open about like, no, we really want to get married. This is what we want. And so the advice that they gave changed, you know, and it would have been different had we been more open. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's good to be open about your side, know what their intent is and set your boundaries accordingly. And then Also, sometimes we just have to learn things for ourselves and like our parents have to watch us go through it and 
maybe we make the wrong choice and they're like, I told you so, but sometimes that's really just how we have to learn. So true. I love that point about being open because it's so true. We could put up a wall or we could take that wall down and just let it all come in and then decide what we want to keep and what we want to let go of or move past. So that's so true about boundaries. Okay. So now we're going to move more into internal pressures. And of course there's, you know, across overlapping both of these, but uh, I personally learned a lot about removing expectations in a relationship like we just talked about and can continue to talk about because I feel like that's so key in a relationship. What has your experience been with expectations and why are they so harmful? Expectations are huge. Honestly, when, so I started going to therapy a few years ago and that's really what so much of everything comes down to is what we expect and that it didn't go according to plan. And that's really all that frustration is, is our expectations not getting met. So for me, I think it all comes down to communication and learning how to do that healthily, which honestly, therapy has helped me so much with that, like learning how to actually have healthy conversations where you can be open and talk openly with your partner where neither of you are getting defensive and stuff. Um, It took us, it's taken and it's never perfect, but taken us a long time to get there. And I think that learning healthy communication is so important and knowing when um, expectations are out of bounds and in bounds and being able to talk about that, I think communication really helps with that. Well, there's been times when my husband and I have been talking and I've been, I've realized, oh, okay, this expectation I have is actually unrealistic and it's out of bounds. Um, but then there's other times that I really do need to communicate my expectations because there are needs that I have that need to be met. And so like so many things in relationships, I feel like communication is so key. So true. I like it. Yeah. I, my mind goes crazy sometimes. And so I just create these visions. And so it's so true, just like reining it in and talking about it. And like you said, sifting out what's unrealistic and what's realistic. So that's so true. I love that you said that because I totally can relate. I do the same thing. And someone told me once that when you voice things out loud, it helps you realize what's true and what's not true. Mm. We almost, we already know for the most part, pretty much all the time when our expectations are out of bounds, but hearing ourselves say it, we're able to be like, whoa, okay, never mind. So true. Yes. I love it. Okay. And then a relationship is two totally different people and it's amazing that it even works because it's different cultures and beliefs and habits and all the things. How can differences be a point of celebration and not contention? That is a great question. Okay. A story is actually coming to my mind of, I was at this conference and someone said that their favorite place to live was a certain place. And then there was all this disagreement, like, well, I wouldn't want to live there. I don't think that's the greatest place to live. And, and other people were like, yeah, I would totally live there. I think that would be great. And it got brought to our attention. Actually, none of that matters because it was their opinion. Mm -hmm. They thought the greatest place to live was this place. And I think that so often we get caught up in disagreements and arguments when it doesn't need to be a thing because we don't have to agree. You know, my husband can think that the greatest place to live is Colorado and I can think that it's Florida and (laughs) those aren't true. But, you know, um, just being able to realize that we can agree to disagree that cliche phrase I feel like has really been something I've been realizing lately 
similarly to like boundaries, you know, people can be mad at you and it's okay. You can still stick to your boundary and that's a way of like agreeing to disagree. And so I think sometimes it's just being able to appreciate that they have a different perspective from you and it's actually really nice that's not all the same and I feel like when we first got married we we tried to be the same we tried to like become the same person and it honestly negatively impacted our relationship and our individual identities and so from my experience I promise that sameness is not the best and being able to lean on each other's uniqueness and see the perspective of two completely different individuals like having that ability to see the world through your spouse or partner's lens I think is really amazing yeah that's so good I love I love all of what you just said and I love how each time it keeps coming back to boundaries because I feel like that's such a good takeaway from this episode is that you know set those boundaries and communicate them and and navigate it through that and also again just thank you for being here and answering all these questions because I feel so selfish a lot of the time. It's like, yeah, I want to know these answers. Like, what are you learning? What are you experiencing? You know, I'm learning right along with everyone else. Agreed. I feel like it's always a work in progress. So it's fun to be able to talk about it with other people. Yes. Okay. And then lastly, but not least, we each have rose colored glasses and this can sometimes lead to misunderstanding. So again, maybe we've rehashed this enough, but how can communication mitigate this and what matters are especially important to communicate about? I love this question. And yeah, I just feel like I feel like I'm kind of a broken record, but I feel like what I've learned in in my short, but in my experience has just been that having your own boundaries and having the ability to communicate healthily solves so many problems in relationships. Um, It can honestly solve pretty much anything, I think. And so Most of us don't learn healthy communication when we're growing up, though, and we especially don't learn it from media and, you know, Mm -hmm. the like sources of the world that we see. I personally felt like therapy really helped me learn how to communicate healthfully, but there's also just like so many books and resources out there for that. And then things to talk about. I feel like it's so important to be on the same page about as many things as possible and even if we like we talked about you don't have to agree but to have a unified vision is so important and so I feel like there's lots of things to be on the same page about but especially where you're headed I think that's the most important thing is what do you want out of this life and to make sure that you're both on the same page about the direction that you're headed that's so good yeah a big topic for us has always been money. You know, I have a spender, Jared's a saver. And I heard from someone to talk about money, you know, in that um, money is, money was, and money will be. And so we had that conversation and the answers didn't really bring up a lot of insight, but where the discussion took us is what led us there. And so even, yeah, just bringing it up was able to bring it all out. And so one thing I learned about Jared is he likes to know where money is coming from when it's being spent. So he's like, oh, you worked this many hours, that's going to pay for this. Or I worked this, that paycheck's going to go to this. And so for some reason, that just helps him to compartmentalize that. And so that was helpful for me in learning that that's how he sees money and where, what it means to him. I love that. The, what it, 
like what it was, what it is and what it will be. I feel like for so many things that's super applicable. Yeah. And what you said reminded me of something as well. Something that I've learned is we all have trauma, like no matter how perfect your childhood seems from the outside, it's the meaning that we assign to events that happen that makes it traumatic. So you can have like a perfect childhood and still walk away a little bit escape. And we all operate out of that lens that we got in childhood. So I think that's so important to understand when we're communicating with our spouse is when there's something that maybe really bothers them or um, that they're having a hard time with, so often it sends back to like something that they've gone through. And so when we can recognize that, I just feel like it helps us have so much more compassion in our conversation and self-compassion when we realize it for ourselves, like, oh, okay, this is this is why this really makes me feel upset or angry. And we realize that we're kind of dealing more with our childhood self than like an actual adult, which is so helpful. So true. That's a great reminder. Yeah. And through all of this, you know, it can it can make us or break us, you know, those cliche phrases. Uh what we know with pressure, you know, it, it could turn us into a diamond, you know? And so we just need to figure out how to navigate this pressure so that it can be a source of strength and something good for our character in our marriage. So I love that. Good. Well, thank you so much for being here and yeah, I'll let you know when this airs. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. I really appreciate it. It was super fun. For sure. In our conversation today, Lauren referenced her experiences with therapy so many times. I, along with so many others, cannot recommend therapy enough. This episode's sponsor, BetterHelp, is a great resource. BetterHelp is online therapy you can access from the comfort and convenience of your own home. All you do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Your specific needs will be addressed. And if it's not a good fit, you can request a new therapist at any time. Get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash A is for adversity. That's betterhelp.com slash A is for adversity. This episode is also sponsored by Sherry Fernandes. If you haven't yet, remember to read her book, Life Mastery, Personal Progression Towards an Infinite Potential, or if you'd rather, listen to the audiobook. Also check out her Facebook page, Life Mastery Mentoring. You know me, I love the recap. So number one, set personal boundaries for conversations with others. Number two, understand what expectations you and your partner have around what the end of the workday looks like. Get past what happened during the day and focus on connecting with each other. Number three, recognize the intent of others and communicate openly. Number four, communicate expectations and eliminate ones that may be unrealistic. Number five, celebrate differences. It's okay to agree to disagree. Appreciate the differences in perspective. Number six, have a unified vision, or in other words, be on the same page about where you're headed, in life, in your relationship, etc. And number seven, be compassionate and realize that the other person could be operating from a place of trauma or past experience. Thank you for tuning into the podcast and I'll talk to you again really soon.